This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio. It's a show all about you and your rights. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Professor Gershon. You haven't gone on spring break yet. No, Liz, and I don't plan to travel for spring break, but uh, uh, but I did come back from a moot court competition. And we, we take our students uh, to various uh, places in the country. They work really hard and compete against schools from all over the country. And I'm proud to say our, the, um, Kennedy Gerard and, and Madeline Lamb, two second year Ole Miss Law students, uh, won uh, all the way to the semifinals and the National Family Law Moot Court Competition. And despite the fact that there were severe storms uh, when we were leaving uh, the, the, the Memphis airport, and despite the fact that Albany was hit, we were in Albany, New York, uh, was hit with a, uh, a winter storm while we were there. We had no flight glitches, so we were very lucky. Um, we, we, you know, everything went smoothly. But we're going to talk about today the things that you know don't go smoothly, and what, uh, you know, what maybe the government is trying to do for those of us who have issues when we do travel. And I'm sure that most of our listeners who spend any time flying will have at least one or two stories that they could tell. Well, and that's why I feel like this show is so important. A lot of folks do have spring break next week. This is when you start planning your summer trips. I don't know. It may be not even be too early to plan um, your December holiday trips. But if you if you don't know what your rights are, it can just ruin your whole trip, your whole vacation. You might get all bent out of shape about something rather than just thinking, oh, well, if X happens, then I can do Y. So I'm very excited to have this show just so that people will be prepared. They'll be a little proactive and you'll be able to know what to ask for. You'll be able to know what your options are and to just feel empowered that what you should do and also maybe empower you to, as I like to say, call your legislative representatives, your senators, to let them know how what you want your rights to be. Because that's one of the things when we've been talking about this, I, I had seen the Department of Transportation has the most fantastic website on aviation consumer protection, but that's the Department of Transportation. What? Uh, so, what? What does that mean um, for our rights, Professor Gershon? Well, they they are the agency that is delegated the authority to uh, deal with uh, issues like uh, issues when flying. So they they, they do have power, uh, but that power really ultimately. Uh, of our, you know, our rights comes from Congress. And and so um, it's good to know that Congress right now is looking at a proposal 
I don't know where it's going to go, to bolster our rights through the Airline and Passenger Bill of Rights. And, I, and I'll say, you know, usually the airlines get it right. You know, think about all the people they move around the country on a daily basis and uh, that don't have problems. And so this is not something that we're we're just, uh, you know, uh, dissing the airlines because we need them. I mean, we, they, they pour, pour, uh, perform an important function, but I've known people who, uh, through no weather fault or anything else, uh, were trying to get to a wake, uh, you know, for a funeral. And um, and because of air glitches caused by the airline, they couldn't make it. And, uh, and there really wasn't much compensation uh, for that person when that happened. So Congress is looking at some of these things that happened over, especially, you know, over the holidays. And um, millions you know, of Americans had their holiday plans uh, disrupted, and even even their January plans disrupted. Um, and you know, and some of them were weather disruptions that the airlines can't control. They can't fly in certain weather. We understand that. And we should all be patient about that. But but there were also we know about Southwest, for example, not having updated its system and having severe uh, computer glitches that lasted well after uh, the time of the, the uh, bad weather. So a group of senators are moving to pass legislation uh, protecting passengers. Now, this is a, you know, a proposal in the Senate, um, and uh, uh, two senators, Ed Markey, Edward Markey of Massachusetts, and Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, uh, introduced the Airline Passengers Bill of Rights. And that would require airlines to refund tickets and compensation pa- compensate passengers for delays, cancellations caused by the airline. Now, I think that's going to be the the hard part. That may be where DOT has to come in and help help us to understand what that means caused by the airlines. But you know, um, when you think about it, there's some some things that work well in terms of uh, uh, a free market system. But when it comes to the airlines, we don't have a lot of power. We, you know, you know, we really don't. I mean, you can't. You could go on some of the uh, websites like Expedia and Orbitz and try to find cheaper prices. And some airline, you know, you can compete that way. But you can't just go to the airline and say, you know what, I, I can get a better price on whatever, or I'm only going to fly on your airline if. I mean, you, you kind of are stuck with whatever their rules are. So this is a chance for us then to have some laws in place that protect us when things go wrong that are the fault of the airline. And folks, don't forget, our Mississippi senators are Cindy Hyde-Smith and Roger Wicker. And with our airlines for the vast area that the United States coverage covers, you know, trains trains aren't really a uh, an equal uh, opportunity to, they're not an equivalent of getting around. So it, it does fall uh, mostly to the the airline industry. That's right. And, you know, because it just, you know, it, when you're trying to get someplace quickly, driving is probably not an option. And so when you think about, you know, all the things that go into air travel, um, baggage, well, we don't worry too much about our baggage when we're driving. <laughs> and, you know, things like that. So we, we're paying airfares, we're paying, uh, you know, and, and there's transportation to and from the airport. Uh, if we get del- if we're delayed someplace, I, you know, if you're flying out of Jackson or or Memphis, you are likely to find yourself in a place like Atlanta, which may not be the destination that you're ultimately headed to. And, and what if there's a glitch there? So now you're not even where you're going, but you're not home either. 
so you can't just drive home. So you're going to have to have lodging for that night. So there are a lot of things that happen when a flight goes wrong that are that cost the, the airline passenger money. And so how do we, you know, how do we deal with some of those issues? And I'm glad you mentioned the DOT because, I, you know, we we're going to talk about the proposed airline passenger bill of rights, but the DOT page, uh, um, fly rights. Um, if you go to the Department of Transportation, um, and that's transportation.gov, and, and I know you said you were you're going to post that on the with the podcast, uh, has all kinds of information currently for what our rights are currently. So the DOT is is empowered to do that. But if if Congress in, expands those rights, then the DOT would have to likewise um, uh, enforce Congress's direction uh, about you know what compensation we would have to have for. Uh, delayed flights or canceled flights, uh, lost luggage. I mean, at a minimum, this proposal, the uh, and this one, this one just seems common sense. But the the proposed airline passenger bill of rights is that if they lose your luggage, they got to refund your check bag fee on the spot. Uh, and I just I think that that makes sense because you know clearly they didn't perform the service that they they charged you for. So things like that, I think, um, are, are no-brainers. So what what are some of the things that we uh, that we know that they specifically propose, uh, m- you know, money wise in this in this uh, airline passenger bill of rights that is being considered by the Senate? Well, one uh, would be again the baggage fee immediately. You know, if you're paying that thirty dollar baggage fee. Um, or whatever it happens to be to check your bag and they lose your bag, then they should refund that right away. And that should be a matter of just common courtesy by the airline. But this would direct that they do that because apparently not everyone does. Uh, and I will say when my bag, when I've had a lost bag, they, they do track it down and they bring it to you. Even I live in Oxford and they'll bring it all the way from Memphis to, to my house. But, you know, that can be inconvenient. Or if you're Traveling uh, to a uh, location where you, if I needed a suit and my suit was in my my check bag, uh, and I've had that happen to me before, um, then what do you do when you do your presentation? You know, I wear my old sweatshirt. You know, basically, <laughs> or yeah, or something like that. So you know that that can be really inconvenient for a person uh, uh, when you do that. But the other thing is, uh, some of us have been on on flights where they've overbooked, and that's kind of a common practice for airlines and stuff to overbook because, you know, they're not sure everybody's going to show up and you overbook and there are going to be cancellations and they want to make sure every one of those seats is filled and they've done a good job making sure every one of those seats is filled. Um, and so, you know, what if you're on one of those flights, you know, you, I'm sure we've all been uh, at, a, at a situation where we've been uh, offered compensation to give up our seat and you're kind of, not sure and you don't know how much you know what if i wait will they give me more this would set a minimum of 1350 dollars to passengers denied boarding actually denied boarding as a result of an oversold flight um and and that i think is a really big change because then there's not this you know well I, they'll give you a 200 travel voucher or something like that and you think well i could have held out for more so this just sets a price that they have to pay. 
we can turn this into a venting show. If you've got something to say about a, a past airplane trip that you've taken, or if you've got a hack or a tip or a trick, who's used an air tag to uh, find their luggage? We'd love to hear your stories, or if you have a question, or you just want to tell us, you want to brag about where you're going to be flying to, send us your email if you've got a question for our show. Legal terms at mpbonline.org. We're discussing your rights when you travel. So if you've got a plane trip in your future and it gets canceled or delayed, maybe snow, maybe hurricane, maybe just no pilot available, I've got some information you'll want to know from the airlines. This is in legal terms. Now, not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live. So if you've missed any of our program, just listen to the whole show from our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. So this is from the Department of Transportation's transportation.gov slash air consumers website. A consumer is entitled to a refund if the airline cancels a flight regardless of the reason, and the consumer chooses to not travel. Also, a consumer is entitled to a refund if the airline made a significant schedule change and or significantly delays a flight and the consumer chooses not to travel. Also, according to the U.S. Department of Transportation, if you have a flight cancellation or delay that was controllable by the airline, that could be like um, a pilot's not available, the, the flight attendant's uh, crew wasn't there. You might be entitled to be rebooked on the same airline at no additional cost for significant delays, rebook on a partner airline or another airline which has an agreement at no additional cost for significant delays, Meal or cash voucher when flight delay results in passenger waiting three hours or more. Complimentary hotel accommodations for any passenger affected by an overnight delay. Complimentary ground transportation to and from hotel for any passengers affected by an overnight delay. On their website, you can also see which airlines guarantee that families with children can sit together. And I'll have that link to Airline Customer Service Dashboard on our podcast information. Yeah, Professor Gershon, you know, we're, you and I are talking about our travel rights this, today. We've got a couple of uh, calls waiting. But, you know, the, uh, the, the, the interesting thing, I think this was just added, was which airlines guarantee that families with children can sit together because I know on social media there are all these stories about my kid got sat in a different row from the parents and then you have to ask somebody if they'll trade but then I paid extra for this window seat I don't want to trade you know there's all of that going on so this is interesting to see about certain airlines do allow families to stay together. Yeah, it's, it's too bad we have to have rules to enforce what would normally be good conduct and, and courtesy to let somebody sit with their their small child. But uh, we had the same thing when our kids were little. There were no guarantees. Uh, they didn't have that. And we'd always have to go up to the, the, the desk and say, are there any, any way you can put us together? 
and we would ask some nice person. Usually people accommodate it, but it's nice that the airlines are, are, are thinking about that as a uh, an option. But you're right now you have to pay if you have a, your seat um, is in a certain place. Now every seat's a premium, so that may make a difference for people. Well, and I think with the asking someone to swap seats with you, a, a lot of it goes towards, uh, you know, swapping and just good etiquette. You don't don't try to swap up. <laughs> you know, you 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 swap to give the person you're asking the favor for. You give them the better deal. Then I think you're probably more likely to uh, get someone to accommodate you. Let's go to uh, Pana Talk. Let's go to John. John, we're glad that you've called in today. What's your comment or question? Thank you for taking my call. I I had two quick comments and a question, if you will, please. One, I'm a little, I've been very lucky surrendering my seat, and I've greatly enjoyed the process over the last 30 years, and it uh, concerns me just a little bit that it will uh, retard that. What was the benefit to me and possibly increase the cost? But my question may be a little bit more important. When uh, 9-11 happened, I happened to be on a flight that morning that was supposed to leave about an hour after the incidents took place and, of course, was grounded. And it was almost two weeks before I could get on a plane because they gave the folks who had reservations through that period of time priority over those who were grounded during the incident. And that was far more than an inconvenience. It cost me a best man job at a wedding and an awful lot of money and my company an awful lot of money. And I, I felt like my rights were abused there. Happy to take your comments off the air. Well, thanks for calling in, John. That I think <laughs> that was a national emergency, and I, I, I don't even know what to comment about that, Professor Gershon. I think it's a great question, John. I think I, had they had time to reflect, they would have done that differently. That really is does seem unfair to you uh, to to push you back. Until uh, they got through, you know, dealing with the people who had reservations because you also had a reservation. And, and I, I just think that was a bad way for the airline to handle it. Well, you know, a, a lot has changed since then. I think, you know, um, the DOT has created more regulations about flights. Uh, also, um, you know, with these proposals, I agree with you. I don't know that the $1,350 guaranteed payment is going to pass. Because a lot of people, I've, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who say, hey, they love being bumped because you get, you know, you, you get a free flight on the next flight and then you get you get some kind of compensation and it's no big deal. So, I mean, that might be something that doesn't happen. They're clearly, uh, you know, even though this is a proposed uh, law in 2023, it's just proposed and there are lobbying groups. The airlines, not surprisingly, are lobbying against it through their lobbying organization they say it's going to uh, force them to uh, cost more money, but at least it's getting Congress to think about these issues uh, and 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 try. What they're really trying to do is make sure every airline has to follow the same rules because some air, di- airlines have different policies, and some airlines are really good about compensating you for delays or compensate you know, um, and some are not, and uh, and so this just puts them all under the same the same uh, rules, which I think would be better for us. But it won't necessarily be, you know, this this automatic bump rule. And I'm not even sure that's a good idea either. Well, but also, I guess I, here I am going to kind of argue the other side. 
having different standards might be a way to differentiate yourself from uh, another carrier. That's a good point. I mean, service, right? Right. Yeah. Let's go to Roger in Florence. Roger, we're glad you've called in this morning to In Legal Terms. We're talking about your rights as an airline passenger. What's your comment or question? My comment is that somewhere in our Constitution, I think it's Article 4, Section 3, it says, nobody in this country shall ever be made inconvenient, uh, insulted, or uncomfortable. Is that right, Professor? Judge, you know, you well, you know, and I know that's not right, but I think it is the way people assume that has happened. Yeah, we're a big country. We've got lots of people, and sometimes things go wrong. Yeah, and I think I patience is a very important virtue. I really do. And usually, uh, if you're patient and you're and you you know things happen, and you want to try to get them resolved, we're all trying to get someplace, and and it's inconvenient. I think the, uh, patience has, has certainly worked for me. I've written the airlines and said, look, I know you know this happened, but. You know, we had to spend two more nights in a hotel because we were delayed. And the airline usually responds with some type of compensation. Uh, you know, they want to make it right. Um, yelling at the like, person. Go ahead. I don't, like, I don't like the whole inclination of our nanny state for the U.S. Con- uh, Congress to be involved in what ought to be contractual issues. And I do like the comment of your host there that says, what about the idea that some airlines might offer this stuff, and they might make more money than other airlines because that's competition. The U.S., in my opinion, the, con- the Congress has no role <laughs> in, 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 in such detail of how to treat customers. It's not a matter of sa- If it's a matter of safety, that's one thing. If it's a matter of health, that's another thing. And so any arguments on those points, I would, I would honor but I, I think it's just preposterous for some of these proposals to be considered by the by our Congress simply because people are inconvenienced. Well, it's real inconvenience. The previous caller had a terrible inconvenience. But it wasn't safety. It wasn't the airline's fault, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's preposterous for our Congress to be considering these things uh, that have nothing to do with safety nothing to do with public health, nothing to do with anything that I think is in the Constitution, except that hidden clause, which must be in there somewhere, (laughs) Professor, that says that I have a right to never be inconvenienced, never be insulted, and never be uncomfortable. Uh, That's a lot of malarkey. But that's the point of view of a retired judge, retired military, retired trial lawyer, retired everything. And so maybe I'm out of date. I wish people think about that, though. Thanks for your conversations. Thank you, Judge. Always good to talk with you. I will say one thing. The airlines have benefited from that nanny state tremendously through several bailouts over the course of time. And and so there is there is an argument that they have, have uh, been supported by uh, Congress and by then the people of the United States. Uh, and, and so maybe uh, some level of accountability for them as an industry is not not a terrible thing. But I, 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 you're right. It shouldn't just be a matter of just because people are, are inconvenient. Um, but, you know, uh, so there's got to be some balance. And I think hopefully Congress and the Department of Transportation will, will come to that that balance. Well, and as Professor Gershon said earlier, 
you know, right now they're considering this as a legislative law in the Senate, but there is administrative law through the Department of Transportation. And if you're interested, uh, go to their website. You know, for example, they have one one whole page talking about bumping and over sales. And they have uh, what the airlines can or can't do if you voluntarily give up your seat. They have uh, rules about, uh, you know, if you are involuntarily bumped, if you uh, you ha- you are, I guess, denied uh, being carried on the uh, the the airline, why they can do that, and you know, wouldn't they couldn't, and you know, if you are bumped, when are you eligible for compensation? How do they figure that out? You know, sometimes it's uh, the length of the delay. There's different compensation for that. If you're taking a uh, national flight or an international flight, um, they talk about other reasons that you could get removed from a flight, maybe because of uh, uh, you had too much alcohol or you had too many illegal drugs or you interfered with a crew member. So uh, I... If if you if you think you will ever ride an airplane in the near future, I think it would really behoove you to go to the U.S. Department of Transportation's page to see what today, what currently uh, the administrative law is, and what what you are entitled to and what you are not. And I, you know, I think it was just a more. My son was traveling. Uh, and uh, he was flying from Dallas, Fort Worth to Garden City, Kansas. I can't believe we don't have a commercial airport in Oxford, Mississippi, but there is one in Garden City, Kansas. And he uh, and he was on time. His flight landed from Dallas, uh, I mean, to Dallas on time. Uh, and his next flight was to Garden City. But they had bumped him. But he got down on the to get check in and they they had, they had bumped him. And, and so they, and that was the last flight out for that night. So they did put him up in a hotel. That was the right thing to do. They shuttled him, put him up in a hotel. I'm not sure why they bumped him, but they took care of it. So, you know, so a lot of airlines will in fact uh, do that, even, even though it is, as, as the judge said, maybe inconvenient. They do try to take care of you. And that is one thing there. I'm not going to get into our travel tips and tricks show. We're more focusing on what the law is. But if you are, if they are giving away vouchers, there are different ways to contact the airline. There's also the pros and the con for trying to get a voucher versus paying for something yourself and then trying to get reimbursed. But maybe that's a different show. Maybe that would be on uh, Money Talks or something. Email us your questions for our show. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're talking about your rights when traveling by air. Spring break is next week for some. We'll have to find out if Jay White is going to jet off to the Bahamas or to Vail for a ski trip for uh, the spring break. And one um, another thing, how about getting through security for your flights. What are some options to get you through faster? I'll tell you that next. I'll probably be calling ball games in a mosquito trap somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.
Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill, and we do hope you'll subscribe to our podcast. Ooh, or you can find all the MPB Think Radio recordings on the website, mpbonline.org slash radio. So if you have some flights in your future, you might want to learn what's the best option for you. And I think this is mostly for people who travel a lot or plan to start traveling a lot. Should you sign up for CLEAR or TSA PreCheck or Global Entry? Each are ways for a price that you can expedite your security screening at airports. If you sign up for Clear, which I think is about $185 for one year, it allows for quick identity verification experience. Clear reduces your wait time even further by automating the identity verification process and whisking travelers to the front of the security line. But I think that only is in about 40 or 50 airports in the country. Now, with TSA PreCheck, you get expedited security. So you get to go in a faster lane, but not necessarily to the front of the line. And you have reduced security measures. You can leave your shoes on. You can leave a belt and a light jacket on. You can leave your laptop and your 311 liquids in your bag. And TSA PreCheck is available at more than 200 airports and 80 airlines, and it costs $85 for five years. But if you think you're going to be a uh, international jet setter, Global Entry includes TSA PreCheck, and it helps frequent flyers since it allows you to clear U.S. Customs and Border Protection in minutes after a trip abroad, and it costs $100 for five years. I'll have links to those on the information for this podcast. Professor Gershon and I are talking about your travel rights, which there there's not really laws. There's not legislatively passed laws, but there are agency laws. Is that do I have that right? That's right at this point. But that 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 is um, now you know Congress has this proposal in 2023 to look at making some of this law. And uh, again, I think it's really more, sometimes what, what happens in Congress is more, uh, if, excuse me for saying this, theatrical than anything else. I don't know that anybody necessarily expects the whole thing to pass, but it's a way of saying we, we're thinking about you. We're trying to help you out. Um, uh, you know, because things do happen. I will say the thing about global entry and clear is you do have to go through an interview process. So you got to go to an airport, and that's not necessarily easily easy because not every airport does it. So you may have to drive somewhere to an airport, make an appointment, and go through that. Um, TSA, I don't believe, does the same thing, TSA. But uh, if you're going through the Jackson Airport, you probably don't need, from what I understand, TSA pre. My, my wife has it. My daughter doesn't. They flew out of Jackson together, and they held hands as they went you know, through security because uh, you know, on either side of the road because were, the lines weren't very long either way. Um, 
but they are helpful in big airports for sure. Yeah, um, it's, so, it's mostly is if you're flying from Gulfport to New York City or something, and then you have to fly back and you're in, you know, New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Charlotte, you're in one of these big hubs and uh, you're you know, you've you've left the security secure area and then you're trying to get back through. That's when and, you know, and if you travel a lot to and, you know, exit secure areas at these big airports, you know, maybe it might help you. Absolutely. No, that, that we we have enjoyed TSA pre. I had it. I had it. My students didn't. And uh, I happily sat and waited for them about 25 minutes as they went through the long line of security in Albany, New York this past weekend. But fortunately, we all made it. So that was good. Um, but, yeah, you know, um, we yeah, do have a we do before we start on that we yeah. do have a question. Hank has called in from the Gro- Golden Triangle area and he has a wanted to make a comment about security. Hank, go ahead. Uh, yes, I have a come. Uh, first of all, I have a comment and then it's a question. Uh, I have no, here. Well, let me go ahead and say what I was about to say. Why is it that people who have uh, impairment, they are pulled out of the line more frequent than a non-traveling passenger who has no impairment. Uh, it has happened in Memphis. It's happened in Jackson. It's happened in, in the, on the West Coast. Uh, I know this guy. Every time he uh, go, go through TSA to be cleared, Pull him out of the line. They say, okay. Uh, he has to take all his money out of his pocket, show it to them. But, and, and it's just, and his children have said, when they get ready to take a trip, guess who's going to be pulled out of the line? You. And it never fails. Now, Matt, uh, what is, what is that about? Because, uh, 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 in a way, the, I don't know if it's a training or if this person is a such. He, he's never broken the law or anything like that. So what is your response to that, uh, uh, Professor and Ms. Gill? You know, I wish I had an answer. I, I You know, um, they're supposed to be random. They're supposed to be random checks. They're not supposed to be pulling just, you know, that same person out every time. I have noticed that for some reason they love to pull my wife. Uh, we, we were traveling with two little children, and uh, they know uh, they she would, works for a gun magazine. That may be, and <laughs> she's married to a vegan. On top of, but the, you know the, uh, I, you know I just don't really, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know why they would randomly pick that same person. It is supposed to be random. I'm, I've I've been pulled out a couple of times too, but that sounds. Uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, you know, and they're not supposed to be profiling based on race, uh, gender, uh, you know, any kind of ethnicity. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to say when it happens in so many different places. But it does seem strange. Well, Hank, we are talking about some things that are law versus what the Department of Transportation enforces. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to have this show is so that folks know that the Air Carrier Access Act is a law that makes it illegal for airlines to discriminate against passengers because of their disability. 
The Department of Transportation is responsible for enforcing the ACAA, which applies to all flights to, from, or within the United States. And that's the ACAA law. But there is also a a lot of disability training material that the Department of Transportation has put out to assist passengers who are traveling with disabilities to better understand their their rights. And I would hope that anyone that um, does use a wheelchair or an assistive device, um, if anyone needs assistance moving through the airport, anyone needs accommodations for seating or they have service animals, you got to know your rights. You have to know your rights or be part of a family to assist the people that you are traveling with so that you can know. Uh, There's some videos. There's some little flyers. Uh, Please be sure to go to transportation.gov and learn about traveling with a disability because at least so you know you know what is your right and then once again the etiquette don't get up in the TSA's face and say this is what this is what my rights are and be confrontational about it but uh, if you understand what your rights are then hopefully that will lead you to a a, a better trip and and maybe the people who work at the TSA, maybe they're listening to this show, too, and they can learn, too, so that we have a better a better system for everybody. Liz, just, can I? Please go ahead. I one thing? Uh, about, both the DOT site has a, a place to file complaints. That's for the airline service. The TSA site, tsa.gov, likewise has a, a place to file complaints about TSA screening. And that would be the place to address that. So. Yeah, they're separate things. It's because the DOT DOT doesn't deal with TSA. It deals with the actual airline and its its travel. And there's a, you just there's a link. You can file a form right there on the, on that site. Same with TSA. Fantastic. That's fan. That's wonderful to uh, to know. And I'll make sure I'll have that link on our website. We've got a few minutes left. We take your questions for our show on our email address, and that's legalterms at mpbonline.org. What if you've got a trip to the European Union in your future? So that's not London, but other parts. What if you have a delay on that flight? I'll tell you more about those rights next. Thank you for being part of In Legal Terms. So if you've missed any of our program, so many ways to hear the whole show. You can listen to it and read it on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as all our local shows are. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. At 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays, following our over-the-air broadcast, you can hear Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. So different laws apply if you're going overseas. And if you have a flight to the European Union and it's delayed three hours or more, you might be entitled to over $600. I'm going to have a link to the Air Passengers Rights for the European Union on this show uh, for our 
podcast. Professor Gershon and I are talking about your travel rights today. Yeah, Professor Gershon, before uh, in 2019, I flew to Europe and my flight from Houston to Frankfurt was delayed. And then we had a flight from Frankfurt to uh, Athens, and it also was delayed, caused us to miss a whole day of uh, sightseeing, which uh, I, I wanted the sightseeing, but it was nice to get the compensation for all the missed time that the airline caused us due to their problems. Right. And that, you know, and I think, uh, again, going back to, to Roger's point, I mean, that the airlines will typically work that out themselves. And that's that was a contractual arrangement you had with the airline. You know, I don't think that was anything the government made them do. Oh, no, They're no, no. This is to, the European Union. Oh, I oh, think this is oh, the, the European Union. Oh. They have strict rules over there on on airline things. They have codified it. <laughs> Interesting. No, interesting because, you know, it is a lot of times, you know, the airline would figure it out themselves. I always, our our nightmare story really was when we were traveling with our six-month-old infant and Donna was still nursing her. And uh, we landed in Cincinnati, plenty of time to catch our next flight, only they had to tow the plane to the gate. And by the time they towed it to the gate, it took 45 minutes to tow the plane to the gate. We missed our next flight, even though the next flight was still sitting there and the doors were locked. and And the flight after that was seven hours later. And um, we went to, we said one woman on the flight was trying to get to a, a weight uh, that she was going to miss because of that. And the gate agent said, I can't help you people just go away. So that was bad customer service. Um, and I actually spoke with Delta about that. It was Delta and I uh, got, got some things rectified. So they worked it out for us as well. But, you know, that, sometimes airlines get it wrong. You know, they really do. Uh, just like, because it's a group project and we, we're all people and, uh, you know, but um, I think patience does help. But in your situation, I'm glad you got compensated because that, that was, a, you know, that's a trip you planned for for a long time and you miss a day, you know, and that's, you know, that's that's really disappointing. Well, but, we've, um, we've mentioned that the, the Senate is considering a passenger bill of rights. They're holding uh, hearings on it. Um do we do we contact Cindy Hyde Smith and uh, Roger Wicker and tell them what we think? What what can uh, Americans uh, do? Well, you can actually uh, participate in the hearings. Even um, there's uh, the the next public hearing, uh, and we can put a link to this if that's okay on the on the website. But it's March 14th from one to five Eastern time, open to the public, uh, and obviously you know you have to be able to. Be, watch it on Zoom unless you can be there in person. Um, and you should register by Thursday, March 9th. So Thursday of this week to uh, to be someone if you want to give your voice to this. Um, and um, and so, yeah, we can participate. This is a participatory process, right? It, we, we, they, Congress wants your, your input on it. We want They want to hold hearings to hear what consumers think, um, pro or con. And I'm sure there'll be some people uh, like the airline industry and, and uh, Judge Clapp who, who think this is not a good idea. Um, but at least it's something, you know, how our, our government is supposed to work. Uh, you know, our, our, our people in Congress listen to us and, and try to effectuate the best possible laws. Wouldn't it be interesting if this was somebody's stepping stone to 
becoming more involved in our our government. I always wonder what was the the impetus, what gets somebody first involved in saying, I'm not going to be a bystander. I'm going to be part of the process. And maybe, you know, you don't feel like you can run for governor. You don't think you can run for a state legislator, but maybe you could speak up at a a hearing just to let your voice be known and uh, give a suggestion on the ways you think our, our country can improve its laws. Absolutely. And really, you know, what I should uh, clarify, too, these, this, these hearings are actually with the Department of Transportation. So uh, they're the rulemaking authority and uh, they want to they want input on this as well, because they know that this new bill is, is going through Congress. But still, um, yeah. So talk to the DOT, talk to your people in Congress. And, and you're right. If you want to get involved, run for office. And I, I just can't uh, recommend enough going to the transportation.gov slash air consumer. They have an airline consumer service dashboard. It shows you how to file a consumer complaint. It tells you uh, about flight delays and cancellations, bumping and over sales, traveling with a disability, uh, tarmac delays, lost, uh, delayed and bagaged damaged baggage, discrimination, refunds, buying a ticket, family seating, frequent flyer, charter flights, air ambulance service. They've got uh, sexual assault awareness, privacy. They have quite a lot of information that I think all of this started maybe last September where they've uh, put all of this uh, in. Well, thanks for joining us today, Professor Gershon. I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed not imagining you hitting the ski slopes next week for spring break. <laughs> nope. Uh, we're going to have one of our daughters home and, uh, and, and just, just relax. <laughs> Very good. All right. So that's going to wrap us up for today's In Legal Terms. Our team consists of board engineer Jay White. Thank you, Kevin Farrell, for answering the phones and our podcast producer is Jermaine Flood. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I am Liz Gill. Join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.